Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Pain to Profits. And this week, we're doing something a little bit different. Typically, we're giving you guys the story of entrepreneurs on their journey for how they came from pain to profits and help you guys save time and level up on your entrepreneurial journey. But today, we're going to get a little bit more tactical. Today, I got Tim Brandian on the podcast, and we're going to be talking specifically, there he is, the champ himself. We're going to be talking about some tactical strategies on how to go from zero to revenue. Tim has a background in building applications, software and technology. He's also been in the military. He's a strong Christian entrepreneur, and we're very excited to have him on the podcast. So Tim, without further ado, man, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm looking forward to digging into the conversation. Glad to be here. Yeah, you, you bet. So I know you're in Indiana. Um, we're just talking about the cold coldness. It was a cold winter in Colorado as well. But tell us a little bit more about who you are and how you got to where you are today. Certainly. Uh, so my name's Tim Brannion. I am 34 years old as of June 1st. So, so recently made that rotation around the earth. I, uh, I live out here in, in central Indiana in a small town called Kokomo. By choice, I came out here. Uh, all my family's in this area. I've got a beautiful wife. I've got two awesome kids. And by the grace of God, man, truly, I've been able to hit some, some cool numbers in business and meet some really awesome people and uh, make some cool impacts. Um, yeah, all around the world at this point, which is it's fun. So that's a little bit about my story. I'm aggressively curious. I'm an entrepreneur. I don't think I'll ever retire. I'll always be working on something. And uh, I'm excited to dig into some of these questions and hopefully be of value to all your guys' listeners. Yeah, I love that. I think something you said prior to the pod that was most interesting to me. So you've, you've been working with some engineers, I think, out of India for like 11 years. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and you've never met in person, which I think for a lot of people is kind of mind blowing, right? You hear a lot of scuttlebutt right now about back to work and you got to be in the office and all this thing. And I'm, I'm a huge non-believer in that. I believe that distributed workforce is the future. Um, but I'd love for you to share just a little bit insight about your business and how that ecosystem works for you. Yeah. Uh, so um, we, we've been working together for a long time, but I, I actually, I found my team through pain, through failure, through uh, this exploration of how do I own my life? How do I own my time? How do I escape what people call now the matrix, right? And, and live, you know, with, with more my own controlled terms. And uh, I failed for hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to build platforms and trying to work with uh, both stateside guys and overseas teams. I was scammed for at least 35 or $40,000 in the process of figuring out what does a system look like to launch a platform? Who are the guys that I need to work with? And, uh, you know, through <laughs> through the resistance of trying to trying to get to an end product, um, I've I found my team, and I stand on the shoulders of giants now. I, I truly do. Anytime I can speak highly of them, uh, I do, and and let everybody know I'm I'm honestly one of the dumbest guys on the team, proudly, <laughs> because uh, they're able to take my ideas and turn them into blueprints that that get brought to fruition. So I I started working with them like 10 and a half, 11 years ago as a customer and then evolved over time as a, as an executive and as a leader within the team. Um, I'm a lot of what they aren't and they are a lot of what I'm not. That makes sense. Yep. So yeah, on the 10th, I fly out to India literally here in the, this weekend. Uh, I fly out to India to meet the team for the first time and I'm stoked, man, just to break bread with them and 
get to know even more about who they are and what they're about and get to see them in action, you know, writing code and working on projects and then cast a vision of uh, just what's happening on our side of the pond. So. Yeah, I love that. You're, you're in the military prior to that. And that, that transition that you made from the military into trying to build software, were you doing something in between that? Did you get a job? Um, what's your background? You know, how, how do you get into yeah. software? Right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I, I was a combat veteran. I started, I, I joined the military in 2009 and that was a wartime. Um, I was stationed at Scott Air Force Base. My job was a police officer and I was in law enforcement. In the in my career field, there's a lot of different jobs that you could do. You could be law enforcement. You could specialize in weaponry. You could uh, be static security uh, for like nuclear missions and things of that nature. I did a good variety of those things. I did LE, law enforcement. I did uh, you know, asset protection. I did some personnel security detail, which was kind of fun, moving cool police cool people and stuff where it needed to go. Uh, and then I it was, was a part of a truck team as well, where we did, uh, you know, different, different missions around, around, uh, external to the base. But, um, I, I, I loved, I, I never really did too much in tech. I guess when I got injured, I got a chance to be in the air conditioning <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> they, they put me on some cool systems, but Man, throughout my whole life, I've always been interested in how things worked, and 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 through really restlessness and discontent uh, in the military, and then when I transitioned into being a civilian contractor, is when I started to think and audit my life about okay, what can I do? What makes sense? Um, how can I really at that time? How can I earn half of the money that I'm making now, but not have to get on a bus and go sweat my life out? Uh, for 12 or 14 hours a day carrying weapons and, and, you know, physically using my body, I wanted to transition into something different. So it was that pursuit of a vision and that pursuit of uh, the possibility that ultimately got me to the point where I, I just had belief. I had belief that software and digital real estate made sense. And I, I saw other people in the market and I just had belief, well, if they can do it, I can do it. So I just have to know who I need to work with. And I, I need to have a well, you know, drawn out idea. Um, and it was through that, you know, lack of quitting that I arrived at my first product. And uh, it, it wasn't easy, you know, yeah. <laughs> but that's, well, that's ultimately was, how I got into the tech space. What was that first product? The, the first product that we ever built was a platform called um, Rocket Grow. So I don't know if anybody's familiar with like Instagram or the early day. This is you know, seven or eight years ago, the, the Instagram automation software in which we could create features or, or excuse me, create filters on somebody's Instagram account that would automate a lot of the behavioral actions that they could do to then direct people back to their Instagram billboard, if you will. So it would help people grow a following, create more engagement, story views, things of that nature. Actually, this was before stories, create more views back to their profiles uh, to ultimately sell, distribute, or you know, make people aware of, of who they are, what they've got going on. And um, you know, here's another pain that happened. With this platform, uh, we were doing really well, and then abruptly uh, got sent a letter of a, of a cease and desist. From Instagram? And, correct. That, and that was my first learning experience of what API was, <laughs> <laughs> how, how terms work, and, and uh, 
that was a crucial point in our in our careers or my my career as a as a tech entrepreneur was okay who do we want to be what do we want to do how are we going to respond to this yeah i could have quit there i could have stopped um, building at that moment and, and just taken that loss and you know picked up my briefcase and went back to uh, work but we decided to adapt and um change but that that was the first you know kind of win loss scenario. Well, I remember that because I was using some of those applications, right. To grow my Instagram account. And then the world kind of got cut off, right. Every day you're seeing this growth. And then one day you wake up and they shut you down and they, they blocked your account for breaking their terms of service. Sure. Um, and then you're trying to get out of Instagram jail. Uh, it's even worse when, you know, that's your, your money-making business, right. Um, so did oh, yeah. you guys end up pivoting the company at that point or did you change the way that you approached it um, or did we you just shut down the product and go something new? Yeah, we completely shut down the product. Um, and we, we pivoted to something completely different at that point. It was a reputation management platform. Uh, yeah. So we transitioned to that and I've, I've, I think I've done like 27 different platforms now at this point, like my own personals and, and not all of them succeeded. There's, there's some that are still on the shelf. There's some that, uh, you know, we're learning great learning experiences. And then there's some that have really taken flight. So uh, not all of them are triumphant winners. A lot of some of them are triumphant learners. Yeah. And, uh, well, and I think but, that's why you're, you're special. And we wanted to bring you on the pod right now. You're working on a project called true fans. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you've already alluded to a couple of these things um, just in how you think about strategy and business, which is, you know, you need, you need a bunch of uh, who's to your, how you're not trying to go figure out how to build software. You're, trying to figure out how to build the team of the right people. But I think right. another thing that you and I probably share the mindset on of being technologists is just this lean startup mindset um, and, and, and taking a product to market and actually discovering whether or not there is a fit and whether you should go and grow and try to scale it. One of the things that I see in just my consulting is people are too committed to a certain idea or a certain way that it should go. And uh, they're not malleable enough early days until they figure out what product market fit is. You said you had 27 that you've you know put out. I think there's four that you have on your resume, yeah. um, three that you advise for, one that you're actively working on true fans. But can mm -hmm. we talk a little bit around that whole mindset around you know testing the market, finding product market fit, and uh, and then deciding when to scale a company? Absolutely. Yeah. I uh, I I don't set out to like reinvent the wheel typically. I'm, you know, I'm really good at seeing where there's pain, where there's problems, where there's things that are slow or maybe things that are unorganized or maybe things that uh, just could be improved. And if, there's so many different ways that technology, if that's the, you know, the topic that we're talking about, tech can solve problems and make changes and organize things and filter through stuff, make things faster, make things slower if need be. So I think it's just an awareness of solutions and then belief in your ability to bring those solutions about. And, you know, those are two key factors. So I guess specifically with, with true fans, we didn't set out to, to have some radically awesome idea. We, we saw what the problems were and we've talked about a few of these already, you know, when somebody loses their account and I've been there, it, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a sad time, especially when you're monetizing it already or making money or that's how you advertise your business. Um, and you don't have anything left. I mean, a lot of people aren't collecting their email lists, a lot of which is their business asset. A lot of people, 
you know, don't remember all of their contacts in that Instagram account or Facebook account. So they literally are, it's like poof, you know, gone. So that was a bummer. The, the other thing that was a bummer is, is that, you know, freedom of speech was being eroded. At the time that we were planning this idea, it was like you, you weren't allowed to have an opposing opinion from the people that run the servers on, on other social platforms. And I feel like that's unfortunate. And uh, I believe that opposing opinions is what creates innovation and discussion and dialogue and growth. Yeah. And so it was like, man, you know, that's a problem. And I, and I think there's other people that agree with that. So, uh, you know, then the other problems were creators historically are underpaid. We believe they've been underpaid for a long time, undervalued. So it's like, okay, well, what can we do? So we look in the market and we see everybody else playing in the, in the space and there's multi-billion dollar company over here, multi-billion dollar company over here. And it's like, okay, well, where are they good and where are they bad? So then we arrived, you know, we just bullet pointed areas where we could improve our unique selling proposition. Why? An amazing question that any business owner could ask. I don't care if you're in tech or you're in a physical product is this question. Why is my product or service the logical choice in the market? And when you start thinking about it that way, why would somebody choose me? And you should know your somebodies, by the way. But when you know who your somebodies are and you've already predetermined why they're going to pick you versus anyone else, that insight uh, is wonderful. And if you can stay focused on those things, um, you're going to arrive at a really great product because you're, you're thinking about serving customers, you're thinking about solving their problems. You're thinking about being the logical choice. So there's all these, you know, variables and obstacles and things that come in the way of, of uh, you know, building a successful company or business. But I think a winning formula is to be very, very, very customer focused, earning that testimonial and understanding, you know, what it, what the answers to the test is based on what they need. It's mm, good. I just just wrote a newsletter today about this very topic. How entrepreneurs get too focused on the competition, right? So. You, come up with this idea because maybe you experienced some poor service or whatever it might be. Yep. Then you go down the rabbit hole, you start looking at what's out there in the market. You discover there's hundreds of people that are effectively doing the same thing. Right. Yeah. And we get, we let that limit us from actually taking the leap or we do the opposite of we, we try to emulate and then go after and beat mm. and, and do the same thing, but they're doing but better, but they have a larger moat. They've been in the game longer. They're more capitalized. There isn't a successful company in the world that hasn't come up against competition, right? It's very rare as an entrepreneur to come in and be totally pioneering and like engineering something new, sure. like trying to put people on Mars. Like that's a one in a billion idea, right? The most of entrepreneurship is exactly what you said. It's just exploiting a gap in the market and just doing it better and giving, giving the customer how they want it, when they want it, and in the format that they want it. And uh, I think we try to uh, overcomplicate entrepreneurship to be something more than it actually is. And the person who can stay truest to that and and understand their customer and grow their their uh, based off of their customers' desires are the ones that generally yeah. come out on top, right? Because you're playing a long game. You're not playing a I need to be rich next week game. Definitely, and man, it's it's so glorified. I'm just gonna be very trend. It's so glorified on Instagram. It's so glorified, like on social media, like being the CEO and being a business owner. But the God honest truth is, is that it is hard 
it is it is an emotional roller coaster up and down um it's now i'm going to say all this it's worth it but it can be lonely to focus in and early on i think doing the repetitive thing that works that's going to that's going to help you get new client acquisition to start making money to be able to afford the different tools and the different things you need to continue to grow and then you know putting in those hours and the in the time it's not glorious a lot of times it's uh during your your start phase and in your incubation stage of this business but it is the only thing i know to this point that can that is an actual recipe for true uh freedom and and taking back some some economic control into your household into your name and it's something that when you do go this way you can pass it on not only the information who you become to your friends your family your kids uh, loved ones etc others mankind uh, you know, that applied knowledge but also the business you can hand off these assets to a friend uh, a spouse uh, and that's a powerful thing to to have ownership um so anyway kind of rifting a little bit but that's no that's it's a, good i mean i think yeah, I talk about this as well, you know, business builders are different than entrepreneurs. You know, there's people mm-hmm. who entrepreneurs tend to be shiny, have a shiny object syndrome. We've got ideas for days, right. But execution is the only thing that is worshiped. Yep. But business builders, they're very intentional about how they're thinking about building the company and creating an asset that does give them freedom of time and the ability to have a self quote unquote, self managing company to a certain extent then gives them options in the future, right? Exiting your company isn't always about selling it. Sometimes it's just about exiting the day-to-day, putting in a CEO, franchising it, licensing the product. I mean, there's a ton of different ways that you can exit from your company. So I I just appreciate and and totally echo your perspective. What do you think stops people from actually taking the entrepreneurial leap? Because a lot of people who are listening to this pod are aspiring entrepreneurs or maybe side hustlers or early days, you know, yeah. they're VPs, they're, they're C, you know, COOs, right. Um, CMOs, but yeah. they just haven't quite taken the leap and maybe they're at a stage of their life where they're like, what's next? You know, it, it's fears. There's a lot of different fears. There's, there's fears of failure. Um, some people have fear of success. Some people have fear, uh, and I know that sounds radical to some, fear of success. Yeah, they're afraid of what happens when I do succeed and I make millions of dollars. Am I going to become somebody I don't like? Is my, are my kids going to know me or is my wife still going to love me? Um, fears of inadequacies, that happens a lot. You see the guy that's gone the way, whether it's at the gym, whether it's uh, you know singing on stage, whatever it is, cooking the meal. And he or whoever it is, is at a, an elevated state and, and we start to just doubt our abilities, doubt who we are as, uh, you know, as, as people who are ordained to prosper, we're, we're uh, we start to doubt that in all areas of our life. Do we have what it takes? Do I have what it takes? Should I do this? Um, so I think fear is the biggest disabler of that entrepreneurial spirit and that that initial uh you know foot forward and 
you know, I always try to, what's, what's the solution to that? I think the solution to that is proof. You need to stack evidence and you need to start working in your own mind about a new reality that you are uh, wonderfully made and you do have the capacity and there's nothing necessarily special about the guys, gals, whomever, who've arrived at a different chapter or location in, in business development or whatever the skill is, other than they just did it. They got started. They started doing it consistently. They started tweaking their, uh, tweak, editing and tweaking their, you know, they got invested. And, and I think, you know, the moment people realize that it's okay to suck when you first start at something, and you fall in love with the process of not sucking, you know, right. going through these stages of development and getting in the way of opportunity, getting in the way of people who are at that level or doing that thing that you want to do. So even but like, I don't know, man, just tuning into this podcast, that's an action step that a lot of people probably aren't even doing. So it's like, that's to me, that's evidence that somebody's stacking evidence that uh, they are in the right place and they're aligning with the right information and they're in, in process. Mm, so that's good. Do you have some uh, tactical step-by-step ways that you think about kind of going from zero to revenue? Yeah, I, I always start. So I'm a bootstrapper, I, especially like in the tech space. I know that a lot of people go and see capital and there's, I'm sure there's reasons and merit to do that, to get profitable or, or, um, but I've always built my platforms like minimum sellable products, MSPs for like 25 to 50K at a high end, just this minimum thing. And then I've always used a direct marketing approach where I literally use Instagram with a little uh, a crafted message that uh, basically says hello to somebody, admire something that is actually relevant on their profile, explains who we are, why we're the unique uh, product, and then a call to action to book a call or you know make a purchase or further a conversation. So that's th- those are the two. That that's an action item that we use in every one of our platforms is a direct outreach approach where we send fifty DMs a day, and it's it's not profound. I wish it was a lot cooler than this, but this has resulted in multiple millions of dollars for several platforms that I've built. Uh, and it's once I've gone the way. And what I mean by that is I have personally sent a thousand messages myself and kind of figured out the verbiage that works and figured out the target market that responds to it and had demo calls and went through the motions of, of hearing the frequently asked questions. I've gone the way. Now I, I somewhat know the way. So now I can show the way. And what I do typically is I outsource the way to virtual assistants. Again, I want to keep costs low. So if, if I can teach them this process and then have them book appointments for me or other people that are able to do this you know, demo call or closing call, excellent. Now, I've, now I'm replicating what I've seen worked in a direct marketing outreach approach. And I'm doing more of that through other people's time and paying them for that. But, uh, you know, that's, that's been exceptional. So if I, if I do 50 DMs a day and then I bring on three other people, you know, do the math. How many DMs are now going, targeted DMs are now going out per day on behalf of our, our product, service, et cetera. Um, and that typically costs anywhere from 125 to $200 a month for running yeah. those services. So, yeah. So just to unpack it, 
yeah. sales and marketing is huge at the forefront, right? It's like, if you have the best product in the world and nobody knows about it, you're going to have an incredibly hard time people, scaling people it. People get stuck there, man. Go ahead. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead and expound, man. This is your show. Oh, people, people just get stuck there It's because it's, it's complex um, and it's scary. But if you're not a champion of your product, who's going to be? Yep. You know, if you're the founder, if you're the product manager, you're the, you're the funder of this thing, you should be so, ex you should be really excited about telling people about it and you should be comfortable shouting it from the rooftops. Uh, and you should, you should for sure figure out a way to be putting your product service, a unique selling propositions, the reason why you're a logical choice in front of minimum 50 people a day. And if you do that consistently, maybe add a little video in that message too, a little 60 second, 30 second snapshot video that gets people uh, even more excited to, to respond to them or to you. It's a wonderful way to distribute your product. New client acquisition is vital. Just to echo what you said, if you have the best product or service in the world, but you have no system to put that out in front of the right people, there, there's you're, you're not going through the numbers in any capacity, you're not going to be in business long, unfortunately. And I, like, I, I want you to be in business. I want you to win and crush it and celebrate that. So I would highly recommend if you don't have a proven measurable system that, that, you know, when you send out 50 DMs, a hundred DMs, a thousand DMs, it converts this, get that in place. It's a direct outreach campaign. I love that. It's a beautiful piece of advice. I, I've, this is why I would say people should stop saying they have a side hustle, right? When you, when you just have a side hustle, it means you have an escape hatch. It means you have this way out of it. And I've found that when you pull the ripcord, you burn the boats, whatever you want to call it, and you're fully immersed in the deep end where your family's riding on it or you have invested that twenty-five dollars to $50,000 into this thing, um, and people don't want any risk. Like you have to put some skin in the game in order to to level up the uh, commitment that you have to actually go and make it successful. Um, I hate the term side hustle. Call it your business. Call it a, a business that you're building something. But uh, if it's just a side hustle, it, it gives you it means you have a plan B. You still have a job. You're not committed to actually you know taking the entrepreneurial leap. So that's great wisdom, man. Yeah. No, I totally agree. You're just walking on the treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> You're not one, actually one working I, out. You're just walking on the treadmill. One thing I want to talk about too, and I, I know this plays a big part in, in my entrepreneurial journey, but it's just your faith. Yeah. Uh, I know you're a strong Christian, strong believer, and uh, there's a level of faith you have to have in order to take the entrepreneurial leap. But how has that played a role in, in your life and your entrepreneurship? Yeah, brother. I uh, So I... I chased success for years, you know, leaving the military, even I, I wanted to make money. Money was going to be this tool that opened doors and created this fulfillment and joy. And, um, when I arrived there after hard work and discipline and hurdling obstacles and reading the books and going to the, all the things that, that were required for me to get to this place where I, uh, had made some great money, I was unhappy unfulfilled. And uh, I remember being on the couch thinking, 
that's it. Okay. Now what, what's, you know, what, what is my purpose? What is my, what is my dance? What's my song? Why, why does any of this you know stuff matter? Honestly. And, uh, I prayed that night just cause I had so much turmoil and I should, and I celebrated a little bit hitting these milestones, but it was just this uneventful, uh, lack of inner kind of celebration. So I, I prayed, you know, something along the lines of Lord, give me the wisdom and the clarity to do the thing that you're happy with me about that gives me fulfillment. And I'm going to this event, God, and whoever I need to meet or whatever doors need to open, help me out. And, uh, it was at that event that I ended up meeting an incredible human, two incredible human, Tim Tebow and Wyatt. Um, yeah, that, that, uh, just being in proximity with them for the last, I think it's almost been a year now. And just that iron sharpens iron. And, and like the reason why I work now, like it's, it is to build treasure, not trophies. And the way that I, I am by the river and, you know, even praying in the middle of my days when things get stressful or things are going on, uh, adding gratitudes to my day and the realization that all the things that I'm able to produce are by the grace of God. And I will unapologetically say that to anyone. It's, just, it's the truth. And when I let go of this control, quote unquote, let go of the helm of, of this wheel and just pray that prayer, um, it's easy for me to wake up in the morning. I'm excited to do the thing. I'm excited to, for, to see the opportunity. I'm excited to build and, uh, and glorify God through the works that, w- that we're able to produce. And so good. yeah, man. Yeah. I think, um, at, at the end of the day, everybody's chasing time. And, uh, the fundamental question is if you had more time, what would you do with it? Hmm. How would you use it? You know, and it's not, you know, buy a bunch of toys and just go play with them all day. Right. It's be more involved in your community, hang out with your family more, you know, spend more time with your kids, uh, make more impact. And, um, and that for me is definitely giving me the perspective of money is just a tool that helps me do that. But I ultimately have the, the ability to control my own calendar on a daily basis. Yeah. And so I get to choose. And so that's the ultimate freedom of entrepreneurship. And then when you, when you're focused on the real purpose behind what you're doing, uh, you have faith that the money's going to show up. The opportunity is going to be there. So I absolutely love that. If, um, if you did nothing, but everything you wanted to do every single day, then I believe that you're more of a slave to your flesh. And I, I don't think you're actually free. I think that mm. that you you will arrive at a at a new place of freedom and prosperity through the resistance of denying your flesh and walking in truth and servanthood than you will as a what I would call a free radical. <laughs> And, and you can do, you can, you know, practice this, do it. If you are doing nothing, but everything you want, you're going to have a gap. I think, I think you're going to have a, you're, you'll eventually Amen. arrive at a place where you're tired. Well, I want to make sure we don't get out of here without this. spending you keep time. Going. Like a lot, everybody's got a different fight in this True thing. thing. Like I, I took a long time and maybe some guys sorry, or gals had... may take longer, <laughs> but uh, eventually sorry, we had a lag there, dude. I started talking over you. Oh, my bad. No 
Can you can you go back like two minutes? The internet cut out. Yeah, I was just saying if if you do everything that 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 uh, that you feel like doing, you're a free route. You you just pursue. You, you do everything that you want to do every single day, and you have no discipline over your flesh or, or personal you know desires, if you will. Then you're a slave, and I believe that uh, if you do nothing but what you wish to do every day, uh, and you're not in alignment with servanthood or uh, you know, you're, you're not fulfilling your, your divine work. Um, then you're going to burn out and, and everybody's got a different threshold to that burnout. And, uh, I think that, um, yeah, that's what I believe. And I believe I was, I was there, right? Like I burn out and, um, <laughs> did I done my lagging again? No, you're good. Uh, <laughs> no, that was perfect. I just wanted to make sure we didn't miss that because it, it cut out a little bit. So, okay. <laughs> uh, but I want to make sure we we don't get out. We get out of here uh, before we get out of here. We talk about true fans. Yeah, cool. And uh, I know that's your the project you're on right now. Yep. And uh, you know what is it? Uh, why would I want to use it? Sure. Uh, who would, who would be the right type of person to use it? I think we had an agreement that content creators are kind of the future of business. Even just the general entrepreneur, like you and I, creating content right now. Mm -hmm. This is uh, going to be a pivotal part of uh, the next iteration as the boomers exit and the next generation of entrepreneur kind of takes over at the helm, yeah, man. The, the millennial and the Gen Z. Um, so what's true fans? We, we wanted to create a different paradigm of traditional social media. We wanted to be the logical choice. We wanted to answer the, the we wanted to have an answer to all the pains that people were experiencing that I mentioned earlier. They, they were underpaid, undervalued, being taken off the platform, being censored you know, barely getting any of their reach, like one to 2% of their reach in their communities or in their groups or on their, like when they share something, people aren't even seeing it unless you pay to play. So we saw all that as that's nah, negative. And more and more people are keen to the realization now that their data is being sold and they're not even participating in any of those profits. Literally platforms are making billions, almost trillions uh, on your data. Um, <laughs> And, you know, you don't participate in that. That's kind of a bummer. So all those things, we, we looked at the market. We saw OnlyFans. We saw Patreon. We saw all these others. Some are here today, gone tomorrow. And we decided that we were going to be 100% invite only for creators. Not just anybody could create an account. Like we're more of a, we're, you know, we're more of a country club, less of a Walmart. Uh, we're, we, we were going to pay more with no hidden fees. We were going to pay faster with global instant payouts. And outside of all the additional features and functions that no one else had, we weren't going to allow porn. So we were going to be more of a classy or wholesome alternative for creators that want to monetize, but didn't want to be associated with the stigma. So we got lucky in a way because we kicked off like right before the pandemic and a lot of people needed opportunity. So it was perfect for us to send these DMs to, to targeted people uh, on Instagram or, or other social medias that had an audience that weren't necessarily monetizing or Maybe I'd never even heard of the concept. We hit them up. We brought them in uh, through our system, our direct outreach system that I was just kind of jiving on for a minute. Uh, and that's evolved into 870 some odd thousand people all around the planet. We've paid out millions of dollars to creators all over the world. I've got you know the blessing to, to meet so many cool people that do different stuff all over the planet. And I've had some cool conversations with transforming the technology from profit to purpose for some missionary companies and uh, you know, nonprofits that could revolutionize the way that they're 
you know, either their missionaries or their personnel could not only receive income, but also see, or their supporters see how that income is being utilized in a totally different way. So it's a fun idea uh, for that. And yeah, that's basically, the, I think that's a good gist. We're excited about where, where True Fans is at right now. Part of the reason I'm going out to India on the 10th is to, uh, we're innovating and adding even more features that we think are going to be awesome. And uh, it's, it's, you know, at this level, like, you know, I'm not the brightest crayon in the box, but I can listen with the intent to engineer. That's all I'm doing. I'm asking questions to our customers. Hey, what would make this better? What do you think about this, 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 or how do you, what would be better if this was here? And, and they give you the answers to the test. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess one smart thing we did is we created a voting booth. So imagine this, you know, online forum where someone can submit their feature request and then the whole community can vote either up or down on it. And then that gives us a good baseline of, okay, well, here's the things that are the most popular. Let's do these first. You know, it's nothing too groundbreaking. I wish it was cooler, but it works. Yeah. But I mean, the focus on the customer, right? Like we too often we build what we think they want yep. instead of just asking them. And that's the fastest way to get to, to revenue, honestly. So I got to go back though, because you said it, pretty massive number 870,000 yeah. is that the number that i heard so after so this started from 50 dms a day mm-hmm. right to obviously you've been able to scale it uh, to the next level what did what did layer 2 of that strategy obviously you hired you know virtual assistants or sdrs of sorts yeah. setters qualifiers but there's clearly some other component going on there that you're doing to get that kind of growth sure. I'm actually genuinely intrigued. Yeah, no, dude, I, I'm, to, I'm an open book. I'd be that. happy to share the whole, you know, the whole system and how it works. But so we got virtual. So I first went the way, right? I learned this, this, the short script that worked, um, you know, hello, a personable internet etiquette based message that's actually showing that we're not a bot. We're a human. Here's what I want. Right. Here's who we are. Here's what I want to give you. Here's what, here's all the quick bullet pointed frequently asked questions we know you're going to ask and a statement that's basically reciprocal if i scheduled a demo call would you attend this way we can help you get the most out of the platform it's a phenomenal question to ask because it's if i did something for you would you do something for me um and then we would get them to do a call anyway so i we went that way and then we did more of that by bringing on VAs, giving them their own account and sending them out to a targeted list of, of creators on Instagram and booking their own calls. So that required that I bring on more people to do demos once more bookings came in. Um, but really it wasn't anything profound other than, okay, well we can do, now we're doing a hundred DMs a day. Okay. Now we're doing 200 DMs a day. Now we're doing 300. Are there any other social media platforms that we could, we could do this on? What about TikTok? What about YouTube? Can we follow those people from YouTube that we think would be a good fit back to here? Hmm. Here's an idea. What about a vertical? What about photographers that are already working with creators and people that are in our market? What if we gave them a deal? What if we had a referral program? You know, just all these ideas. That, so, so that's the other way that we grew to is with a really cool referral program. Uh, we pay 5% for life on all gross volume generated by somebody who is referred. So what happened was early on, we got some cool people in. Good people tend to hang out with other good people that are in our space. And we just ask them, hey, who do you know that, who's the top three people in your mind that would be really, you know, that might love this just like you? Okay, cool. Send them an invite. <laughs> and then they would. And then we'd do a demo call for them. And 
that was it. So a referral program mixed in with increasing what was working through, you know, simplified educational replication of that. Right. Mm. So if I could, if I found something that worked, how do I give that to somebody else and put them on a, how, how do I simplify the process to get them to do the thing that I was doing that worked was really just the mindset on it. Hopefully that's helpful. Mm, so good. That's amazing, man. I appreciate you. I think, I think the, the beauty in what you just said is there's no magic, right? It's just the consistency of iteration, being willing to try stuff, fail, mess up, repeat, do it over and over again, and then taking what's working and scaling it and then adding to it. And I think a key component there is the, um, the invitation from the community that already supports it into the platform. It creates this like viralness about it. You know, there's no better uh, client than you can get than a referral, they always say, right? So that's a, a beautiful, beautifully simple strategy yeah. that I hope everybody listening to this is, is I always say like, stop over complicating it. It's not so sophisticated, like build the plan, work the plan. So I love that. If, if people wanted to connect with you, they wanted to follow up, hear your story, where are the places you hang out? Obviously, you have a, a you have a killer following on LinkedIn. Yeah. You got like some like twenty thousand followers on there. But are there other platforms where you hang yeah, out? Yeah, so uh, pretty much on everything, just Tim Branion. It's B R A N Y A N. Just Tim Branion. Uh, Tim Branion LinkedIn. Tim Branion. I do have to shout out if they're a st if they are if they live in the state of Indiana, I've got ties with the state of Indiana. Um, but we can get them some no cost consulting too there through the state resources. And, you know, we're talking about startups. It's like, man, had I known that the SBDC was a thing when I was first starting out in my business, like the, the small business development center is what that stands for. I just would have went and got connected in my local area. And who knows, they probably would have connected me to other people, resources, things that I, you know, that I wasn't even privy to know then. And it may have expedited some of this journey, but I was just, yeah, I didn't know. So I guess you can you can go to the SBDC in any state, but just gotta Google it in your state. But awesome, man, Tim. Well, when you get back from India, um, you, you know you're a you're a Navy guy, yeah. so um, I got a few Navy people on my network, and maybe we can catch an Army Navy game or something. Yeah, like that'd that. be cool, man. Uh, it's a big rivalry, and uh, I'd love to have you on the show. We can do it in person and just hear more about what you're working on and how True Fans is going to the next level. Let's do it, man. Awesome, bro. I appreciate you. Thank you. See ya.